It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Across from me is my guy, Will the Goat Gottlieb at Won't Gottlieb on Twitter. And of course, with us as always, our guy, Big Dave at Bow BWL Sports. We are CHGO underscore Bulls on Twitter. Um, I was just going to say... You, oh, you stole my thunder. What? I was supposed to do the intro today. <laughs> this is my show, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I wait, really hold on, Will. Wait, wait. Out there could have seen and heard the interaction between <laughs> Will and Dave right before no, this hold episode on. started. I was hold just, on, I'm usually Will the one starting here. shit. You guys just, I was sitting back. You guys got into a legit fight just now. Oh, I'm, my God. Oh, am, blood was not, shed. And our viewers missed it. <laughs> it was, it. Look, if I wasn't in a different continent, it would have gone to fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes, man. Listen, I was taped up. I was ready. I was ready to go. But I already dealt. I already gave Joe. I gave him his. Matt, let me deal with you for a second. All oh, weekend, nice. all weekend long, Will. All I heard from Matt Peck was about him on a damn boat. <laughs> all weekend long, and everything he said. Here it was. It was. Hey, what? Hey, guys, what are y'all doing? I'm on a boat. Hey, man, I can't get with you. I'm on a 40-foot boat. Hey, guys, what are you doing? I can't read this right now. I'm on a boat. We get it. You are on a boat. We understand. No. We okay. get it. That Congratulations. Is that is a complete retelling and fabrication of what was actually happening. You mean like Yo, the fight me and Will sent out a message <laughs> saying like, hey, somebody noticed that our Friday episode isn't in our podcast feed. Not sure what's going on. You know, I'll ask Mark, but it's the middle of the night over for, you know, Mark in Australia. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm on a boat right now. I don't know if I'll be able to help out. But I took a pause from enjoying my weekend on a boat and oh. logged in and fixed the problem and got the episode oh. up for everybody. You're oh. welcome. Oh, oh, just, oh so, so even thankful. Though I was so off the thankful. clock on a boat out on a lake. <laughs> 
I still was committed to providing our collective viewers and listeners with the episode that they wanted on Friday. You're welcome. And yes, See, I was on a boat. <laughs> See, he's leaving out the fact, Will, he's leaving out the fact that I'm in a group text with him also. So I heard it there also, Will. I, I heard it from there as well. I got it from all sides. I got it from work. I got it from play. I got it everywhere about him on a 40-foot boat. How do I know it was 40 feet? Because he told us. That's how I know. <laughs> I just didn't want you to worry about me thinking I was like out there on a dinghy or something. You know, oh, like Matt, Michigan Matt. waters can get a little choppy. Dinghy boats and Matt is, is, is all I think of all the time. What I think of you on the lake is being you being in the dinghy. I don't think you have you ever been in a dinghy boat? Uh yeah, a couple of times. Okay. All right. Were you drunk or actually like rafting? <laughs> no. like, okay. Just ask. I gotta ask. I gotta ask, bro. I gotta ask. Gotta <laughs> clarify these things. Ding dinghies That's are right. very, very useful getting from place to place. I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for dinghies just because of that one scene in an Ace Ventura Pet Detective. When he like find he's like trying to like hunt down Dan Marino and his kidnappers in that like abandoned warehouse yes. or whatever. Yeah, he's got a dinghy and he just uses one of those little like battery operated fans and puts it yes. behind his dinghy to go like ten feet. Yes, I definitely remember that. <laughs> Classic man. Classic. Well, I'm glad you had a great weekend though. In all honesty, but thank anyway. you for letting me mess with y'all. You know I love messing with y'all. Thank y'all for letting me do that. That was great. We're getting we're getting the week started right. It's last couple of days of August. We gotta. Squeeze it in while we can. That's right. Squeeze them juices. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. A few bits of news and rumors over the weekend. Um, something that actually, actually dropped towards the end of last week that we didn't get to. Uh, Giannis's brother, one of Giannis's brothers, Costa Santosacupo, who's had some spot appearances in the NBA, was uh, reportedly connected to Bulls VP Arturis Karnaschovas and the Bulls potentially being interested. We'll talk about that. We'll also dive into what we thought to be most interesting from Io DeSumo's uh, interview late last week on the Waddle and Sylvie radio show on ESPN 1000, reflecting on his rookie year and looking ahead into his second year in the NBA. And then we'll wrap up looking at the fifth and final installment of Hoops Hype's ranking the top 25 players by position for the upcoming 22-23 NBA season, We've reached centers, Vooch, not in the top 10, but on the list. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but so, gentlemen, in case anybody missed this, let's just give a quick rundown of what happened. This actually came from a Greek reporter named Christos Saltas, hoping I pronounced that last name right, uh, from the sports, the Euro sports media website, SDNA, Sports DNA. Uh, Joey, do we have the quote here? Thank you. From this report from Christos Saltas. The Bulls, about whom Giannis was asked, expressed a strong interest in Costas. This interest was expressed by an old acquaintance of ours, the former Olympiacos player, Arturis Karnaschovas, who is the boss in the basketball part of the legendary Chicago team. End quote. So, just because of the Google Translate Greek to English, it's a little wonky in how it sounds, but basically the report is... Arturis himself reached out to Costas Antetokounmpo theoretically because he and the Bulls are interested in Costas playing for the Bulls' upcoming season. Now, we should mention also the Bulls roster currently sits at 15, and you can invite other people to come and participate in training camp, etc. But what do we make of this, gentlemen? Do we think this is something, or, or what do you think, Will? I think it's actually more than 15. They've got a couple of training camp deals here as I get my microphone resituated. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting for sure. There's a chance maybe that they're waiting on, I believe, six games into the season. They're able to cut Tony Bradley, wave him uh, without getting hit by the luxury tax. And so maybe they're waiting on that. I mean, Kostas has not really done much in his NBA career. He's played like only a handful of games over a handful of seasons, but was really solid in the G League. And obviously, like the Giannis recruitment is probably the real um, the real incentive there. So, you know, we, we've always been playing the, what is it, 2026 game? Why not continue on? <laughs> yeah, this is all this is all about recruitment for Giannis. It's about nothing else. Um, and I don't know enough about uh, his brother to comment on his game, which tells you everything you kind of really need to know about the Bulls going after him. Um, not saying he won't help or he can't do anything. I'm just saying I, I don't know. I just know he was on the Lakers. He's the he was the first one with the ring, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what I I know about that young man. But to bring him here after Giannis went on his uh interview and said I wouldn't mind playing for the Chicago Bulls, and then the Bulls' next move is to go out there and go after his brother. And knowing how close that family is, because they have a movie on Disney Plus showing you just how close that family is and how serious they are about each other and being together. And they know that brothers being on the same team is an incentive. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a thing. We talked about this uh, last week about uh, Mobley and his brother uh, being in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an incentive. It's definitely a thing. Zach Levine's best friend. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he plays Carry in on. The- Perion, my man, yes, he plays in the G League and has been there since Zach Levine has been here and will continue to be there, in my opinion. And I'm not saying he can't play because he because he can, but he will definitely have that position, you know what I'm saying, as long as Zach is uh, here in Chicago. But, yeah, it's an incentive. You show him, yo, we're serious. Do you want us to go get your whole family? Who else you want us to go pick up? We'll go get them, you know. And I like the fact that the Bulls are doing that because I'm not used to the Bulls doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Giannis and and giving another incentive for Giannis to maybe look towards Chicago is is the biggest thing that that is interesting to people. But like my, my curiosity is, does AK see something basketball wise in Costas to even bother with this? Because like you just said, Will, it's the twenty twenty six plan, or or maybe Giannis asks out of his contract, his mega contract with Milwaukee, and has the Bulls on a list of places he's want to get traded to but that that's such a fluffy hypothetical that I'm sure that that's not something that AK would waste his time on maybe he's thinking okay well if I get one of Giannis's brothers here it might be more exciting for him to think about coming to play for the Bulls but to me AK is too much of a like rational like, person yes he, he's he's rational <laughs> he's he's an intellectual when it comes to basketball and making basketball decisions Signing Giannis's brother, who's played like a grand total of what twenty NBA games spanning the past three years, just for the Giannis reason, doesn't make any sense to me. So I am wondering if he actually sees Costas Antetokounmpo as a player who could come in and compete for a spot as as somebody who could be more useful than any you know certain number of Bulls players who are on this roster right now. Do do you guys think that that? is possible because I mean, he, he would bring them some size, you know, he's a six ten forward, uh, like, you know, sample size of what he's done in the NBA, as we've said is small, but clearly AK must, if this report is true. And that's the other thing we have not seen this report confirmed from any other major NBA journalists stateside, but if it is true, there's, there's gotta be something about Kostas's 
actual basketball skills that AK is attracted to. How many uh, players on the roster are between the sizes of 6'6 and 6'10, if you had to guess? Uh, One, Patrick Williams. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, they need guys that are that size. And I don't think Costas has really proven he could play at the highest level. I mean, obviously, he was on that championship team with the Lakers in the bubble, but like he's not really contributed so far in his career. So he's still young. He's obviously got the right genes and, um, you know, potentially sort of the ability to work his way into becoming a really good player. And he's just got to find that opportunity. So I think like an end of the bench G League type of situation, two way maybe is like, that's fine. That's the kind of player you take a swing on, in my opinion. So I'd be fine with it. I don't really, like you said, Matt, I don't really make too much of it in terms of like, what does it mean? Let's read deeply into you know what this means for 2026 and Giannis is a 31 year old coming out of free agency so who really knows about that but I do think that they need size and he's somebody that could be a bigger wing now the other thing they need is shooting and he does not provide you any of that so there's something there the Bulls seem to think they can like turn guys into shooters I'm I'm yet to uh I'm I need to be convinced about that but um he's definitely the kind of talent that like if you see something there and he's the right size and he's the right kind of player. Why not take a swing as a as a two way player? The Bulls only have one two way slot filled in Justin Lewis, who's obviously going to be out for the year. But the rest of them are camp deals, so um, they they still have some room to play around with the roster. Wait, does Demar count? Because he's six six. Does Demar count in that? Sorry, above six six to six okay. ten. All right, got you. Um, like I said uh, previously, I don't know much about his game to give you that kind of breakdown. Uh, on him I know he's a champion I know he was solid in the G League but for me it's about the name across the back of his jersey that's what it's about to me and I don't think it's looking too deeply into it it's it's not a coincidence he comes out and says I want to play for the Bulls and then the next report you hear is hey man let's look at your brother I just don't find that to be a coincidence at all I'm not saying he can't play they're not just going to go get a dude because he's your brother and just, you know, have him on here. You know, it's not a mob family. You know what I'm saying? That's just hiring people just to hire people. You know what I mean? Like, you have to actually be able to play the game. So I'm sure he can definitely do that. But it's definitely about the name on the back of the jersey and showing uh, Giannis, in my opinion, that, hey, man, we'll, we'll, take a, we'll make a move on something like this and we'll take a flyer on something like this. So, yeah, it could definitely um, be about what Will says, and I'm sure he, he's right about – the basketball reasons of it. But for me, I, I think it's I'm never right. definitely Don't about the me. name on the back of that. <laughs> In this one, I, I think you are. Can we stop with the calling him a champion? I mean, yes, he was on the Does he have a ring? Lakers what are we talking roster. about? He was on the roster and made five appearances for the Lakers in that season when they ended up winning the title in the bubble. You know how many playoff minutes he played? I just said Who he had said? a ring, Matt. I just said the man had a ring. That's all I said. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Relax. Sure I heard you call him a champion. I heard he is a champion. The only, the only people, <laughs> the only people in NBA history who, in Matt's eyes, have a ring are the players on the 1995-96 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> and maybe Joakim Noah could be squeezed in there. Yeah, maybe Joakim. Yeah, Joakim got a ring. I also too. fully recognize the 2003, 2005, 2007, and 2014 San Antonio Spurs. Fair enough. What about the 99 Spurs? Do you recognize that one? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, throw them in there too. You get them, yeah. I mean, short year, short and season, lockout, so you get a little bit okay. of an asterisk, but um, <laughs> okay, all right. All of NBA history, excluding the six championships in the '90s, is an asterisk. All of it, eight peats. The, en- the entire seventy-five seasons, sixty-nine of which <laughs> are an asterisk. Um. The Bull, Jason, on uh, in the comments saying the Bulls think they can turn guys into shooters without a dedicated shooting coach. That's a misguided comment. Are you talking about Costas Antetokounmpo? Because no, I mean, like he's not a shooter, as we'll mention. Um, in all of his collective NBA minutes, which are limited, he has taken exactly zero three-point attempts. Um, wow. I just I, the other thing you wonder about is he is still only twenty-four years old. Uh, not that that's like very young, but. We've seen Thanasis Antetokounmpo play like real significant like spot minutes from time to time in his NBA career. I think that there is a possibility that at some point Costas turns into a player that's usable in the NBA for more than garbage time and, and mop up minutes. I just this this weird connection between him and AK is is the like why we're even talking about this. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how deep that connection goes. Yeah, and I, I guess we'll find out uh, exactly how it is and if they're that serious about bringing them in. Um, anything, like, I got excited when Will said, you know, getting Tony Bradley off in September 6th. I'm like, yay, you know, like, great. Like, that could be a, a thing because that's definitely a possibility to move him and and bring him in and let him fill that role. Um, but, yeah, there, there's many roles and spaces for him here in Chicago uh, to play. And, yeah, like, AK and Mark Eversley, as much as, I think that this is a move for Giannis. Like Will said, they're not just bringing in a dude just to bring him in. Like they're going to do their due diligence on his basketball game, you know, and see what he can actually provide for the team. Because remember, the Bulls dealt with a lot of injuries, which is why we saw a lot of guys like Tony Bradley uh, last year. So, yeah, I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence on him and make sure that, okay, we're not we don't just have him here. He can actually contribute to the team if worse comes to super worse. So. Yeah, my my faith is in them. They also Giannis has an even younger brother, Alex, who's only twenty one. Just turned twenty one uh, two days ago. Actually, I'm looking at his basketball reference here. Uh, he had some more hype around him when he was in high school, but really hasn't done much in the NBA. I'm not sure if he's under contract anywhere, but uh, I mean, he could be another if they're if this is like a Giannis recruitment technique. I feel like there's maybe a little bit more upside in the younger player. So. Who knows? I, I'm not really putting too much stock into it. It's also like not necessarily a reputable, not to like criticize this news outlet. I just like haven't heard it from Woj. So I'm always skeptical if that's, if it's not coming from Woj or Shams. Yeah. Um, you know, it's certainly possible that in the coming weeks, we will start to get more reports from guys like Woj and Shams and, and some of the more, you know, team specific beat reporters that guy names of, of people being added to training camp rosters. So keep an eye out maybe the bulls end up doing something along those lines with costas Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. um but you know other than well it's weird because you know like like dave said the name on the back of the jersey um speaking of which uh uh our old pal uh, daddy fish said that the bulls should hire Giannis's dad to work in the front office <laughs> referencing certain moves that the new york knicks have made in recent months and years um, I don't know about oh, that. Um, from what I've read from the Giannis autobiography uh, from Mir and Fader, Giannis's dad, very, 
very bright individual, clearly cares about his family a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how much does he know about basketball and NBA business? Probably more now than he did when Giannis got drafted back in whatever that was, 2014. (laughs) But what, what, what spot can we fill? Hey, I mean, Hell, Paxton's still on the payroll, right? Put Giannis's dad on the payroll. Real talk. Uh, does he have any sisters? That does Giannis have any, or is it just all brothers? I think it's just the brothers. I think it's wow. the brothers. Wow, man, that's something. So and then there's uh, there's an, there, the other one, uh, Alex, right? Who's also trying to make his way yeah, to that's the who, NBA. That's what Will was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah was, was Alex. So yeah, like wow, I, I didn't know, man. I, I'm really interested to watch that movie as well. I'm glad that you brought this up because I keep forgetting. To, uh, look at it but I'm, i would like to see uh just how he he came about you know because his story is, is a story that deserved to be in hollywood you know what i mean like that coming from nothing and then not, not even coming from this country and coming from nothing you know and then making it here and being a back-to-back mvp and a world champion uh like he is man like it's it's something behind that and and yeah I'd, I'd like to know more about it there i'm also just All looking right, up so uh facts about right, um... Giannis. I one just one more dumb thing I want to point out, which is that I'm looking up Giannis facts, and uh, he has a son. His second son's name is Maverick Shea Atenagumbo. So maybe he's going to Dallas. Maybe he's going to OKC. He could be going anywhere. Wait a minute. He's got he got two sons now. I didn't know, I didn't know he had another. Kid. I guess so. I only thought he had the one, but the the older son is Liam, and uh, the younger one is only one years old. Born in 2021. Wow, another brother, man. Like, goodness. <laughs> man, dude, that's wild. But shout out to oh. him. Congratulations. Uh, and, and thank you for the clarification um, in the comments, Colby. Uh, I, I remember this now. Uh, Giannis's dad actually passed away a few years ago. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, name name him a, a advisor to Jerry Reinsdorf in, in, in memoriam, perhaps. Um, No. <laughs> moment of silence for that one. Man, moment for real, man. Oh, man. And with that, let's change topics I'm just, to... I'm <laughs> all right. Um, the, the, Bulls, uh, the Bulls have been known to pay uh, all kinds of people to do things. And, you know. Move on, Matt. <laughs> shout, shout out to all those White Sox fans. Jerry Reinsdorf's trending on Twitter today. I, I know hope, that made you I happy. you're all hanging in there. I know you I saw that banner. That made you so happy. I know you <laughs> loved that when you saw it. I thought of you immediately when I saw that banner go up. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, more to get to. We're going to talk about Io DeSumo's recent interview coming up next. But first, today's episode brought to you guys by PointsBet. PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season. With a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, still plenty of time. PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sign up for PointsBet now using that promo code CHGO to also get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll also receive a free membership to CHGO, which unlocks all of our great web content from all of our credentialed reporters at allchgo.com, including Will the Goat Gottlieb. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from that awesome CHGO locker. Download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Uh, our pal Salim of the Bulls Gold Podcast actually reached out to me earlier today and was like, hey, Matt, can you help me find the uh, the Bears win total over under on points bet? I can't find it. So I showed him where to find it. And he was confidently talking about betting the over. Six and a half wins for the Bears on points bet right now. And uh, I saw Sylvie put up a tweet this morning that was like, okay, six and a half over or under poll uh, for the Bears win total is – and I cast my vote, and it was only like maybe 15 minutes into the poll being posted. 60-40 Bears fans taking the over. I guess that three-touchdown performance from Fields against the Browns this weekend has Bears fans drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it like the rule, me. though? If you are good in preseason, you're bad in the regular season? Like, oh. haven't we seen this movie before? It's true. It is. He's right. I don't like it, but he's right. <laughs> it's I mean, 100% correct. Anyone and, adding more confidence to whatever they had coming into preseason football based on what you saw in preseason football? No, I'm sorry. All right. But Justin looked good, though. Justin did look awesome. He looked he amazing look out there. He looked real good. Uh, all right. Um, Big Dave, I'm yes, sure sir. you uh, also have something to say uh, on behalf of some of our lovely friends and sponsors. Oh, I got something wonderful to say about it because, you know, I have to talk about those athletes. Athletic grades. Mm. That's 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, the probiotics, and of course, my lord, of course, the adaptogens. They have to start your day correctly. That special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, your focus, and your aging. All things you want to take care of. Costs you less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. You're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance. Contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs. No nasty chemicals. No artificial anything. And it does all this while still tasting amazing. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. And supports that mental clarity and alertness. All I basically just did was read a bio for Will the Goat Gottlieb right there. Will, please tell the people about the Athletic Greens, sir. Cause have you had some? I know you didn't have some last time we talked, but did you have some since? I've had them every day since. I'm back on my mm. grind, and I'm feeling good. Feeling good with the Athletic Greens, as usual. They never let me as down. Usual. That's right, baby. And to get yourself one year for that immune-supporting vitamin D for free and get you five free travel packs with your first purchase, all you have to do, y'all, is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls and take ownership over your health and pick up that ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's that Athletic Greens. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it, and what you do, go? You feel it. Mm, all up in there. You know who could use some athletic greens? Um, anyone on the sky not named Candace Parker? My God. I mean, I'm still not worried. Hashtag no. sky at four. Would have been yeah, nice if Candace got a little help last night. That's all I'm saying. I was an anomaly, can't, man. Honestly. You can't be perfect. You know, there's going to be some I mean, bumps yeah. along the way. They Dude, still got Van, it. Just don't, ask, just don't ask Joey how they're feeling because. <laughs> Joey's lurking back there. Producer for us today. Just, just checking to see not, if you're listening, not, Joey. He's not into 
coming on and oh. talking more about the Chicago sky. Oh, man. Yes. Just making sure you're paying attention. <laughs> That's right. Keep me on your toes. I told you. Go keep you on them toes, boy. That's how I roll. I love the it. Biggest awesome. sky doubter out there. <laughs> Our great producer, Joey Spathis. Shout out, man. Yeah, but Vanderslew, she didn't even have an I don't even know. I don't think she even had an assist that game. Like, it's such a weird game, you know what I'm saying, for them to, game. to play. But And even then, like, it went kind of how I thought by the fourth quarter. They made their run and got back into the game because they're a championship team, you know? I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Candace, and let's see who's going to take us home. But just then click for them. Uh, I believe the Sun went on like 11-2 run uh, in that fourth. And, I mean, they took one, and they're going to lose the next one, and we'll go to Connecticut. That's, that's how I see it. Um. All right, so moving on, in case you uh, missed it, I would assume we had a really interesting interview with uh, our pal Sylvie on his show, Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, late last week, talking about his rookie year in review and looking ahead to this coming season. And we just figured we would offer some of our thoughts on what we heard from that interview and found to be interesting. Uh, gentlemen, I'll toss this to you. What, uh, what about that interview stood out to you guys when you heard Io chatting with Waddle and Sylvie? Oh, man, listen, a couple things. Um, I'm ready for the season even more now. Uh, after hearing that interview with Ayo Desumu, I am so ready. He, he, he is so mentally together for the age that he is. It's just so impressive. He's just so impressive of a young man. He really, really is. Like, the confidence that he has. Like, he's very sure of himself, and it's not in a cocky, arrogant kind of way. But he's very sure of himself, very sure of his game, uh, want, wants to work on it, wants to be great at it. Uh, when when they asked him, and shout out to Waddle and Sylvie also, what a really great interview by them, man. It was just mm-hmm. incredible interview by them. Uh, but even when they asked him, what is he watching on YouTube? He was basically, I watch old clips of sports. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just watch different things and, and watch the I old Lakers watch games. Sports. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But he was like, dude, I'm watching like the 50 greatest throws in baseball to throw somebody out, you know what I'm saying, at third or at the plate, the 50 greatest throws. You know, he doesn't even play that, you know what I'm saying? But he wants to incorporate that because he he's trying to get that feeling, you know what I'm saying, to understand that one-on-one kind of matchup. I thought that was great. When he talked about uh, recruiting for Illinois, I thought that was just really well said, man, like how he broke all of that down to how important it is to have those connections uh, and not just be there on six to eight months, but to develop it over some years. So when you get out in this world, and you're trying to get these jobs. You got those real connections. The one thing I truly love, though, is I don't know how many times I was like, "Yeah, this dude is from the crib, bro. Like this dude is from Chicago." He gave some of the most Chicago answers that I was hearing, man. When when he said Demar Derozan, when he was like, "Yeah," he was telling him, "I didn't even know that story." That was a great story, by the way. He when he was like, "Yeah, uh, why is the limo coming to pick you up?" He's like, "I'm going to Champagne, you know, every time my number." And he was like, "Oh, cool, I'm coming out there." And, it, and I was like, well, you know, he said that to me. And I mean, you know, he's like, I'm from Chicago. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I ain't even think nothing about it. And I was like, that's such a Chicago-ass answer right there. That's really how it goes. It reminded me, Matt, of, of how I told you when we first got this gig. And, and Brandon, shout out to Brandon, hit me up on Twitter. And he was like telling me, I'm like, yeah, all right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know you, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, like, I don't believe you. I'm from, from the city. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't roll like that. And then when when Sylvie asked him about the inspirational quotes his mother sends to him on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And the first thing out of Iowa's mouth was who told you that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was 
Yes, yes, that dude is from the crib. That is such a crib answer. How you get that information? We don't just be volunteering. And come yeah. to find out, it, he got it from Peggy Kaczynski because his mom was on Peggy Kaczynski's uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's where she told Peggy that that's what she does for her, her kids. She sends out those inspirational quotes, which is amazing. But it was such a Chicago thing. And I love that about him, man. And it just made me so ready for the season um, because he sounds so focused, you know, putting on that extra muscle because he, you know, wants to get to the foul line more. Said he's working on mm-hmm. his handles and doing things like that. But, yeah, you know, I was just so impressed by him, man. And I was just like, dude, we got him in the second round. I was just, yeah, I was just overly impressed by him, man. And I'm ready for the season. Speaking of yeah. the Bulls getting him in the second round, uh, I just want to throw this up there. Maybe this is where you were going to go, Will. Uh, Joey, do we have that quote from Io uh, as far as his answer when they were asking about him falling into the second round? Thank you. Uh, I just try to stay focused on my game, getting myself better. The better I get, the more foolish they look. So that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Stay blessed, stay in my lane, continue to get better each and every day, and keep proving people wrong. Will, I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but I absolutely love that from Io because he sort of was saying simultaneously, like, eh, I don't pay it any mind, but also, yeah. I thought I was going first round. It sucks that I didn't, and I am looking forward to continuing to prove people wrong. Because guess what? Io, I believe, was the only uh, second rounder to make either of the all rookie teams. Is that right? Mm. Um, I probably Herb made it. Oh, he was oh, Herb. Ahead of Io. Right, 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 right. Um, but even yeah. still, uh, like <clears throat> pro- proved Best a lot of people wrong in, in year one. Yeah, not on Herb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true i mean that's and that's like the mentality that you need to have as a young player is not just like okay he proved that he should have been a first round pick i think we can all agree on that like Mm -hmm. but now it's it's the next thing it's not just like should i have gone sooner like he you can tell he's not in the business of just like saying i'm gonna be in the league he's in the business of saying like i'm gonna be very good in this league and so the grading himself what was it a b um, over the course of the season. I, I really like that because I think it would have been easy for him to say, I was an A, look, I was a second round pick. Like I was playing 38 minutes a night. I was defending. I was guarding Trey. I was guarding KD. I was guarding Jason Tatum and everybody in between. But, you know, he, he leaves himself, excuse me, he leaves himself room for improvement. And that's the kind of mentality that you need to have if you're going to make improvements on your game. And so with the muscle thing, uh, working on a shot, working on his handle. Like these are all areas where like you or I or anybody could point out and say like, these are things you need to work on. And he's all over it. And I love that because he's not going to be, and I don't think I certainly wasn't expecting him to play the same kind of role that he played at U of I, where he was very much like the on ball point guard, you know, pick and roll facilitator, but he could do that at times, but he also really slotted into these off ball roles and defense first roles and attacking off reversal passes and just like continuing to create advantages, even if it wasn't him who created the original advantage. That's the kind of thing you really need to do well if you're going to be a high-level role player. And we all know, you know, he had success as the primary guy. Now he's adding in some of these secondary ancillary skills that you need to be, because you just need to be so good in the NBA if you're going to have the ball in your hands the whole time. He's proving he can do both things. And I think that's the kind of mentality, that's the kind of uh, player development that to me says... I'm going to be able to add anything I want to my game. And, you know, you got to start with the basic stuff. It's his first real offseason. 
he was probably really overwhelmed. He mentioned the fatigue going into the second half where, again, he's playing 38 minutes a game. That's insane. But now just to, like, hone in on a few things where he really can can step up and improve his game with the shooting and the ball handling. I think that's going to help him no matter which role he, he gets slotted into more. But we all know he can really step up and take advantage of opportunity where he needs to. So I just thought it was like a mindset thing and, you know, being just actively looking for ways to improve his game. I think that's just going to really help him down the line. Yeah, we, you know, I was one of a few players who did not play as well as he did post all-star break compared to pre all-star break. You know, Zach was dealing with the knee. Uh, DeMar's efficiency dropped a little bit just because he was playing so much ISO because he was basically asked to play that much ISO. The Bulls did not have a lot else going on offensively. But that is what I thought was interesting about his answer when you guys were talking about, you know, the 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 duo of Vaudel and Sylvie asking Io to grade himself on his rookie year. Uh, and, and that being what he had to say, you mentioned it. There he is saying it here in the quote. Thank you, Joey. I give myself a B. What would have made it an A is after the All-Star break coming out a little stronger. I think after the All-Star break, that's when a little bit of fatigue set in. And normally the shots that I made, I was missing. Um, and then on top of that, what was even more interesting to me is that he noted his high school coach in Morgan Park, Nick Irvin, who he still is close to and still talks with regularly, saying that that's always what you want to do, whether it's at the high school level, the collegiate level, or now that I was in the NBA, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to just play at a level that is consistent throughout the season. You want to get better as the season progresses mm-hmm. so that ideally you're playing your best ball when the playoffs come around or, you know, when the big 10 tournament comes around, when the, you know, the, the state playoffs, uh, you know, for Morgan Park come around. And I think it's great that that's how IO views it because he's aware that he fell off a little bit and maybe it was the rookie wall or maybe it was something else. We talked about the fact that a lot of teams when they came and saw the bulls again, started to have tape on IO after Mm -hmm. he smoked them unexpectedly the first time when Io was out there playing minutes and they didn't expect to see him play that many minutes. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a very, um, you know, introspective and intelligent answer from Io to say, yeah, I-, I-, I gave myself a B and it wasn't an A because I didn't do what I've always set out to do, which is get better as the season progresses. Yeah, man. Like, like just add that to the list of impressive things that he was saying during this interview. And, you're right, Matt, because I like how he spoke about how he wanted to come into this season and he was getting basically the mental aspect of it stronger, where he was talking about I'd have one game, you know, having that one good game, and then, yeah, that was a great game, but then you've got a game the next night and you got to guard the best player on the team again, and then two nights later you got to guard the best player out there again, but they're coming in off of having like a two- or three-night rest while you haven't he was like so the turnaround is so quick that you don't have time to sit there and basically you know bask in what you did that was so great you just want to keep getting better and keep growing and he was like that's what the muscle is for you know that's what the weight is for you know to take that kind of punishment in the league and to keep going and to keep getting better like he has a plan for himself you know what i'm saying it's and it's not to be you know average you know, his plan isn't that. His plan is to be great, and he's putting in those steps to do it. But I like the fact that he's dealing with the mental as well as the physical aspect uh, of the game, man. And that's that's really important. And it's just what, what impresses me so much that he's figured that out 
in his second year. You know, like that's so impressive, man. Like he he talked about how he's he's doing his body now, you know, cut out. He's like, I cut out the pop, you know, I cut out, you know, this and that. I don't even eat the same anymore because he's I not Derrick Rose with the Skittles machine. <laughs> no Skittles machines with him. But that's what I mean. That's what I mean. He learned that early. You know what I mean? Like it took Derrick Rose a minute, you know what I'm saying, to, to figure that out and not just rely on his incredible skill and incredible athleticism. Io's figuring this stuff out in year two. You know what I mean? And that's impressive to me, to, to the fact that he's got that. But, you know what I'm saying, it's just, it just goes to, you know, his upbringing. You know what I'm saying? It just goes to how he's always kind of been, which is that grinder. You know what I'm saying? That dude that works hard. You know what I'm saying? He's not a talker, but he's more of a doer out there, man. And he likes to win. And I, I just, yeah, it just, it just got me super excited, Will. It really did. And that's the thing. It's like, it kind of reminds you of Jimmy Butler, whereas like, you know, work ethic is a skill. And when you yeah. obviously you have to have a baseline of like fundamentals and skills and touch and just like mental makeup to be able to do this stuff, but like he will make himself better. And that's what I really like. And kind of what I was talking about with the growth mindset is like, he's identifying ways to improve. He's like setting goals for himself. And it's like the right stuff that he actually does need to be working on. It's not like, oh, I'm going to just be, I'm going to like do what DeMar does. Like the Bulls don't really need that. They need guys that can play off of DeMar. I think that's the kind of player he's molding himself into. And he'll have opportunities to then grow on top of that. But I really like that he's like not taking shortcuts, that he's identifying like mm. the right next steps to take, not just like any next step. Um, even though I think that would be better than saying like, look how good I was during my rookie season. You know, like right. he's saying, it's I was this good and I'm like, you know, I think that a B is a fair grade, but then it's also like, and here's what I can do to get to that A. Here's what I need to add to my game. And I, I really like the way that he's thinking about that. You don't like you hear guys talk about like adding moves to their, you know, game over the summer, or like picking up a new thing. Like he just he's very I like that he was so specific with like wh what he can do to improve. Yeah, yeah. His, his so. answers on that were very specific when Waddle asked him, "What are you working on to improve your game for this coming season?" Um, and like even Dale and Terry, when we when we asked him at um, at summer league and like the practices like, leading up to summer league, <laughs> uh, he he like wouldn't give a real answer, and it wasn't wasn't like because he didn't know, but like it's just nice. He was like, "What what do you want me to say? Like I need to work on everything." It's nice to hear guys like specifically talk about and, and like it was funny because Sam Smith kept on like pestering. He was like, well, give me a list Dude. of three things you're trying to work on. And he was like, I need to work on everything. I need to work on my defense, my offense. And I just like I like when you can say like, look, I shot 40 percent on threes for the first half of the season and then completely fell off. What does he need to work on? Three point shooting. Uh, I ran out of gas in the second half of the season because he was playing 38 minutes a game. What does he need to work on? strength and conditioning. So I just, I think he's really honed in on the the areas of need and you could see how he is like, he's basically where, I don't know if it's like intentional or not. I would imagine it is, but he's working with mm -hmm. the coaching staff to say like, this is the role I'm going to have this year. This is how I can maximize that role. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of comments before we move on to the hoops hype centers rankings. Uh, Niall saying that I was humble and that's what he loves most about him. Combine that with his poise and his Mamba mentality and all mm. the skills he possesses, Io might have the second highest or the highest ceiling on the Bulls. High praise from Niles. He did mention Kobe uh, as his answer for when uh, Waddle and Sylvie asked him, you know, who did you watch the most growing up? Who did you want to model your game after growing up? And he talked about Kobe and the, the way that Kobe committed himself on the court. 
Um, Charles saying Io will take Trey Young's lunch money. They also asked him about that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, Sylvie was, was like, so, you know, are we just going to call you the Trey stopper from now on <laughs> in, in a similar way that, you know, we called Jimmy Butler when he was coming up and, and clamping guys down to this person stopper, that person stopper. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not claiming that to be my nickname. You guys can call me whatever you want. Like, you know, y'all are cool with me. So you can, you can, you know, give me whatever nickname you want. But he, mm-hmm. he did not take that opportunity to throw any shade at Trey or to like further right. that. So, you know, I think Bulls fans want there to be some sort of like IO Trey rivalry, like player player rivalry as opposed to team rivalry, just because mm-hmm. of the ways that we saw IO clamp him down. Will, I know you're a big fan of looking at those individual stats of what yeah, I was gonna say, I, I wanna guarded by IO last year. I'm gonna toot my own horn on that one because it was actually the, the last thing I wrote before CHGO started was that story about I was just doing it on like my own Substack about how uh i just put the clamps on trey and now that's his nickname you gotta love it the trey stopper yeah i do i do like uh also real quickly what he said about how much he wants to go into broadcasting and how much he liked what wadden and sylvie did he was i kind of want to get into that very much and he said that he keeps a journal you know that he writes in after every game he was like because i want to capture those emotions right then and there at that point in time you know, and stuff like that. And I and I really, really like that about him, man. And yeah, like just stuff like that just impresses me more. And I'm like, start the season because I'm ready to yell for this dude and be excited about this team. All right. Um, we will get to our third and final topic of the day coming up in just a minute. But Big Dave, one more shout out to our friends at Points Bet. Guys, football betting is so close. <laughs> Somebody's ready. His name is Matt Penn. I mean, heck, if you want to gamble on college football, you could have been doing what? that already this past weekend. That's true. You could have been doing it. He's absolutely right. And if you no enjoy CHGO, one way to continue to help us to grow is to download that PointsBet app so you can do that. And you can use the code CHGO when you sign up because you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But also, if you make that $50 more first-time deposit, you will make that free CHGO membership unlock and you will get all of that awesome web content and you'll even get a free t-shirt of your choice from that c h g o locker and just in case you missed it y'all you download that app because you're here in illinois you can download that app and register your account from start to finish and do it all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for because once that game starts y'all you do not just bet will the thrill in brazil tell them what they do you live your bet life that's what you do uh one in the comments saying why don't you guys invite io on the podcast cool idea good idea maybe uh let's, get, maybe let's invite them on maybe we will maybe Meanwhile, Larry James is throwing a freaking fireball in the comments saying we need to trade Levine and DeMar for Anthony Edwards. Ooh, coming in hot. What kind of hot sauce did you pour on your Frosted Flakes this morning, man? What the heck? Came in super hot. My goodness, man. What? All right. Uh, Not mad at you. Yeah, no, we're we're not talking about that trade hypothetical right now. Um, Mm -mm. But... Thanks for playing. Thanks for showing up. Thank you. Uh, All right, guys. Hoops Hype gave us their last top 25 list by position of the offseason. 
just draft uh, dropped earlier today. It's the top 25 centers in the NBA. The names at the top are the ones you expect to see. Uh, Jokic and Embiid, two of the MVP front runners from the past couple of seasons. Um, although, uh, you know, like some some young up and coming names like Alperin Shingoon made the top 25. That was, He had a pretty interesting, you know, first year with the Houston Rockets. And then right there in the middle of this top 25, you will see the Bulls big man, Nikola Vucevic. Joey, do we have that portion of the list that's sort of like the middle of the list? Thank you very much. So, okay. You got Steven Adams up at 18, all the way down to Miles Turner, who is just sneaking into the top 10. And there you see the list of names above and below Vooch. Gentlemen, what name or comp of Vooch and X player, either shortly above him or shortly below him, is one that sticks out to you? Do you think that this most mostly makes sense for where Vooch is placed? I saw some Bulls fans upset on Twitter this morning saying, come on. Like, I know Vooch is coming off a down year, but he's still a top 10 senator in the league. I'm not sure I say that so confidently. I'm wondering what you guys were thinking about where Vooch ended up on this list. You go ahead, Will. This this is like uh, Galaxy Brain 1000 for me because, like, all these half these guys are like role players, and very few of them are offensive hubs the way Vooch is. And I think that's kind of why people downgrade Vooch is because, like, he's supposed to be an offensive hub, but he didn't do it at such a high level. But does that mean like Clint Capella, who can only do one thing, is better? I don't think so. But like, is he better at his job? Yeah, I think you could argue that he is. So it's really complicated for me. And I think that's why the Vooch trade is so controversial because basically you're getting a guy to do a specific role that's maybe more important than some of these other ones, but he's not performing it. So it would be better to just have a specialist who maybe limits you in some ways, but is at least like more reliable. And I think that if Vooch made like 15 more threes this past year, uh, maybe, you know, an extra 15 in the playoffs would have been nice too. But his average goes from 31 to 35. And then are we having a different discussion? So I have been kind of protecting Vooch this whole time. I definitely see the flaws. But like, again, if you're building the Bulls and you have Jakob Pertl, are you better defensively? Yes. Can you space the floor? No. Can you shoot free throws? No. So can you can you facilitate from the high post? No. It's just a very difficult position to grade because – these guys are all so different. I think at the end of the day, when you factor in like performance at your job, I think Vooch is probably about right. Like he needs to be better. It's the same with the IO thing that I was saying. Like in order to have the ball in your hands and be like such an important feature of the offense, you need to be so good at the NBA and especially to do it on a good team. So if he's not doing that, then I think you have to downgrade him. But he's still like... You know, in a one-on-one game, he might beat some of these guys, but this isn't one-on-one. Like, the team is built a certain way. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a really difficult thing to to rank because the skill set is just so different than maybe, like, even a Miles Turner who does two things well but still is super limiting. Um, the other guy I thought was interesting was Brooke Lopez and Al Horford, who, like, basically – Eight, I mean, uh, Lopez, for sure, just ate Vooch's lunch money in the <laughs> playoff series. Like, that was embarrassing. 
But again, he's very limited. He's a pick and pop three and a rim protector. It's very different. Um, so yeah, I think it's just very complicated. And I think at the end of the day, it kind of ends up all in the wash. I, I, here's what it was for me. I didn't going into this. I didn't have a problem him with him not being a top 10 center, but I do have a problem with the people that are ahead of him. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I mean, y'all, if you want to argue Yaki Pirtle, I, I hear that. I can hear that argument, honestly. And, and what you just said about Clint Capella, I can hear that argument. I can hear it. There's no way Al Horford's better than him. Sorry, he's not. I'm not putting Al Horford over him. He is not better than him. He is not better than Nikola Vucevic. Sorry, he ain't. He was, he ain't he was better. better than him last season. He had a good playoffs. He had, he had a really excellent playoffs. Yes, he did. He had an awesome playoffs. He ain't better than him, man. Sorry, he's not. Uh, but the, he's not even the one I had the issue with. The issue I had with was Miles Turner. That was the biggest one I had the issue with. And not because Miles Turner's not good, but because Miles Turner played like 42 games. That was the issue I had. Like, he wasn't even on the court, and you can come in the next year and still be a top 10 center in the league? How'd that work? That was the main reason we didn't have a problem with Lonzo Ball being where he was listed because we was like, well, he was injured. Like, of course, it's okay that he's not ranked higher. He was hurt. How doesn't that apply to Miles Turner right here? That's that's the same thing to me. And then just looking at raw numbers, Boots put up more better numbers than everybody ahead of him. Like, that's just kind of what that is. Unless, you know, you want to argue about a little more rebounds or something like that. But but I'm simply saying this. I, I Honestly, if he's like 11 – I'm cool. You know what I mean? I just had an issue with these certain people ahead of him, especially when one's not playing, and I don't think one is even better than him. Like, I, I just had a complete issue with that. The one that really stood out to me in the top 10 that was like, how is Vooch not better than this guy is Jonas Valanciunas, who I think is really good, mm-hmm. and he puts up very good numbers, but they're the exact same numbers as Vooch. And, like, mm-hmm. I think he got a big boost for shooting 36% on threes. He took two threes per game, which was, like, at four and a half. So, like, mm-hmm. the threat of the three, I think, nets out in Vooch's favor. I do not see how, especially being ranked ninth. I mean, that I thought was, like, the one super egregious one. The other was where, like, these guys are just specialists and they're maybe more advanced at the one or two things that they can do. But they're not, like, they don't have as good of an all-around game. Can, can I ask of, of the... Of, I'm just talking about of uh, guys at 13, uh, 12, 11, and 10. Which which one of them would you take over Vooch? So that's so that's that's uh Clint Capella, that's Miles Turner, that's Yakit Pertle, and that's Al Horford. I mean which it, of them it totally would I depends. take over Vooch? Yeah. It, it to none me, of, none it's of kind them of what I was enthusiastically like, like it's yeah. they're so build specific like you cannot build a team with Clint Capella unless you have a uh, Trey Young or a Luca or a James Harden mm-hmm. playing pick and roll with him and three right. other shooters like, like you can I, I, build a team like the one the Bulls have with a you know a spacing center like maybe Miles Turner but then. You get absolutely wrecked on the rebound on the glass, and you can't like you don't have anybody to swing the ball side to side. So it's just it's very difficult because it, it depends so much on what kind of team construct you have. If you're starting a team from scratch, and you know 
that again, it just it comes down to like how the team is built. But I think Vooch is probably a better player and would make any of these teams better than any of these guys. And I like Jakob Pertl a lot. I like Miles Turner. Oh, yeah. Clint Capella, I think, is is uh, reaching sort of the the peak of his career, and I think we'll start yes. to go downhill a little bit. But like, Agreed. I think skill set wise and like impact wise, Vooch has to be higher on this list but again it's just so difficult with the role factored in and i think that's a great way to to phrase that will and in a correct way to phrase that the difference is with me even in some of those roles i'm still taking vooch like even in a role of james harden even the guy who runs those pick and rolls and throw oops and like that i'm taking vooch over clint capella like that's just what it is you know i'm still taking him i think he he'd be better next to james harden uh, than, than Clint Capella would be personally. Um, but again, like, and and the, honestly, the valid shooters, I don't think hit me as hard until you broke that right down right there, Will, because you're right. Their numbers are pretty much the same. I just think it was, you're right, like the, the three-point shooting. And, and I think they came out of nowhere also. And I think that his highs were higher uh, this year for valid shooters. Like when he played well, like you saw it, like it was glaring that he was having, you know, these highs. With Vooch, he was having, you know, these lows. But even with his lows, he's putting up the same numbers, which is so wild. You know what I'm saying? That's how good this dude is, man. And yeah, like, but yeah, none of them dudes I'm, I'm taking over over Vooch, it, it, which was my point. I, I can you could argue Jakob Pertle to me because of the upside of the youth and and the defense and things like that for sure. I can probably debate that, but overall, man, like Vooch, Vooch is and it's also close like, to the top ten with Valentinus too. It's like they have the same limitations, mm. like mm. they. I just don't see how the, the delta is that big between those guys. But and, and you know, the the upside thing and, and the youth upside thing is not, I don't think, as far as how Hoops Hype is doing this, relevant yeah. at all. They are ranking them for this upcoming 22-23 right. season and that only. They're not talking like which of these centers would you most want to have with your franchise now and moving forward. That's not a factor in these rankings, as far as I understand it. So who do you want this coming season, and how do you rank these centers? Our our guy Hayes, shout out to him of Chicago Bulls shout Central out. and Locked On Bulls in the comments, basically saying exactly how I feel about Vooch and where he is on these rankings, saying Vooch was still top 10 to 15 in most categories for his position. He's fine. That's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about Vooch. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He's not He's elite. Fine. He's a little bit better than average. And Will, like you said, if he hits a handful more threes this season compared to last season – Bulls fans feel a lot better about him because all of the other things that he does to an elite level or certainly an above average level go underappreciated when all Bulls fans were staring at were his bricked threes and a couple of like uncharacteristic misses around the rim as well last season. But he was still elite. I mean, he finished the season like 55% on twos. He had a rough couple of games. But like, I think the other thing and probably like the last real point I have to make on this is the the cost of acquisition i think mm-hmm. if you look at you know what the celtics gave up to get al horford was basically like a pick in the 20s and kemba walker when you look at what the um pelicans gave up for valentunas it was just stephen adams so like mm-hmm. i think the fact that the bulls overpaid and they did overpay like you can call it a good trade you can call it a bad trade but they paid more than they needed to I think that factors into what people think about Vooch and how they would rank him relative to other centers, which 
is fair in some in some ways, but I also think that like you're also stripping away just the basketball side of it, which is that he is productive. Yeah, um, and even in those trades, like you you couldn't even get those trades for those players they were trading for. Like Valanciunas isn't worth what uh, even even with the overpay, I'm saying like Valanciunas isn't gonna get that kind of return. You know, right. when you're trying to trade for him, that's that's like, yeah, two years ago. I'd rather overpay for Vooch than I would for Valanciunas, and that's what they did. Right, exactly, and that's something that I think also gets lost in the shuffle when Bulls fans have been analyzing Vooch's efficacy versus what they paid for him over the last season and a half. Which is that if you're paying for all-star talent in the NBA via trades, you're going to overpay. And you might say, oh, well, yeah, all-star, but he's a sub-all-star. He's only a two-time all-star, and he's an all-star, but he's not a top-20 player in the league. Okay, he's still an all-star more than once, and you're going to overpay for him. Two picks and a Wendell who was lost and confused and bad in Chicago. That's what it costs. Two picks and a lost, confused, bad Wendell playing out of position. That's what it costs you, which, by the way, You know, we mentioned this before for all the people, you know, throwing flower petals at the feet of Wendell for his great season in Orlando. Oh, traitor's remorse. Dude, he did the same things as Vooch or worse on a team that was the worst team in the league. So chill. But look at all of the talk about swaps and pick swaps for these other megastars around the league. Mm. Vooch cost you two picks, not five, Mm. not eight, two how about you calm down? <laughs> I just, you know, let, I, if if Vooch just brings that three-point percentage back up a little bit this season to, to respectability, 35, 36, and continues to be an elite defensive rebounder, continues yeah. to help the Bulls space the floor and have great, um, you know, offensive execution as a playmaker and passer wildly underrated for that element of his game plus he gets to play a little bit more alongside Patrick Williams compared to not getting to do that at all last year Vooch will be fine yeah I think about where he is in these rankings he will be fine the the playing alongside part is really important too like Caruso and Alonzo make Vooch much better on defense I think that was where he got killed a lot was like, why aren't you at the point of the screen? Why aren't you defending in space? Why aren't you protecting the rim? Like, cause the defensive infrastructure around him was non-existent after they got injured. So mm-hmm. I think with those guys back, hopefully Pat has a better season in terms of understanding, you know, where to be, where to position himself on defense when he doesn't have the ball and with a little bit more depth and experience uh, for IO and for Pat, like I think the bulls defense should, be better than it was last year, which I think ended up around 23rd for how good they were to start the season. Um, mm. I think they'll they'll be they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I like Will's Bulls fan voice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it they comes out uh, from time and time again. But yeah, good job. You know, I, I try not to. I try not to uh, go too deep, especially in August. Especially oh, in August. we're almost done. It's almost the 29th. Out. We have a couple more August days. A couple more August episodes. Um, and we'll be back, uh, tomorrow all the way through the week. We've actually got a pretty fun guest plan for you guys tomorrow. So make sure you tune in and watch and, or listen to our Tuesday episode of CHGO Bulls podcast. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. If you enjoyed today's episode, if you're watching along on YouTube really helps us out a lot. 
Uh, thanks to everybody who threw their thoughts and questions into the comment section on YouTube. And um, we got more on deck on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. So keep it locked right here. We got CHGO Bets with Cody and John coming up at 4.30. Betting season. Betting season is upon us. Um, so tune in for that. We got CHGO Sky at 5.30. Hey. Sabria and Janice breaking down a tough game one loss for the Sky, but Sky in four. Sky in four. Tune in to CHGO Sky at 5.30. And then after Cubs Blue Jays tonight, the Cubs crew will be there to do Cubs post game. So enjoy all that. Tune in to all that, and we will talk to you tomorrow. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Will is at Won't God Leave. Dave is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. I am CHGO underscore Bull. I am Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out, thanks, and appreciation to our pal Joey running things behind the scenes. Per usual, we'll talk to you all tomorrow with a fun guest joining us. For Joey, Big Dave, and Will, I'm Peck. See you, Red. Be good.